and welcome to the Just Bloody Post It podcast for creatives marketing their work online, which takes graft and patience and faith, does it not? I'm your host, Helen Perry, and our guest this week proves it's not too late to get big on Instagram. I changed my mindset from thinking I want to grow or I want to put this content out or I want people to click through or I want to make these videos. And instead, I totally flipped it on its head and I just decided to, at the heart of everything I do, think about how I can be more helpful. Food blogger Sarah Barnes, known to the internet as Taming Twins, is a twin mum and avid cook and avid content creator. She's been blogging and Instagramming and Pinteresting and Facebooking for almost a decade. Her income comes from ads on her website. And when that took a hit, mainly because of some changes on Pinterest in the last couple of years, Sarah decided to change things up and put a rocket up the bum of her posting strategy on Insta and TikTok. For focus, she set herself a target of reaching 100,000 followers on Instagram and TikTok by the end of 2022. She started trying out new content in a new style and asked her audience what they want. Sarah hit 100,000 followers on Instagram this week, nine months ahead of schedule. How she did it is a wake-up call in the power of giving without hope or expectation of what you might get back. We chat about how to be helpful, improving every day, and what's for dinner. First, Sarah told me how she began to understand how she could be most useful to her audience. Christmas I really spent a lot of time thinking about how to hone that idea of what is it I actually give to people and I decided that the thing we all struggle I didn't decide I asked people and the thing they told me that we all struggle with uh, and I felt it deeply myself <laughs> is what to eat during midweek dinner times when we are busy and juggling um, life and sometimes children family work all of those things and little time and so my food philosophy answer question proposition is I help busy people answer what's for dinner and that's kind of at the core of everything I do at the moment there's things around the periphery like mini egg fudge and things like that but the core of what I do is helping busy people answer what's for dinner there definitely is a chocolate theme and Sarah I think there's it's not a coincidence actually given what we're going to talk about that I've only discovered your account myself in the past three or four months, I would say. And the kind of content that you share that sort of hypnotises me is things like the one pot slow cooker dinners, which is exactly what you are talking about. That's midweek food that you don't have. It's not high maintenance, but it's tasty and and it's homemade. Um, and you share reels of this kind. I don't even have a slow cooker and I'm still, <gasps> I'm still, in, I'm still highly engaged. <laughs> I'll convert you. Um, so, Keep watching. so your so your content strategy. Let's just get into it. So your content strategy on Instagram has changed. When did you like? When, let's go back to the beginning. When did you start Instagram? So if I go back a step before that, which was when I started writing the blog, brands would offer me sponsored posts. Fine, and I thought, wow, this is amazing. People want to give me money for writing about their products. Uh, but then over a period of years, I realized that I could 
be paid by display ads on my blog, which means that the more traffic I get, the more money I make. But it also means that it's a very it's a very positive way of growing my income because it allows me to say, what can I make that people really want? What's really popular? And then also I get paid for it. Whereas um, sponsored content can feel a little bit like you're pushing something onto your audience, which doesn't always feel great. It can, it's fine, it doesn't always feel great. So I made um, a very conscious shift to move to display ads on my blog, which over a period of years, very hard work, a lot of SEO, a lot of trying to drive traffic through Google organically. But it served me really well. And it meant that I've got an income coming in from the blog from creating good content that people want to look at. Great. Um, I also, during that period, had quite a lot of traffic from Pinterest. And if anyone's trying to use Pinterest at the moment, it's changed a huge amount over the last few years. And about 20 to 30 percent of my traffic, say four or five years ago, came from Pinterest. Uh, And now it's maybe five percent. And I have tried so many things to change this. And I think generally bloggers are feeling that it's a much harder place to drive traffic from makes me very sad to say that because Pinterest is one of my great loves and somewhere I still go to. Uh, But because of that, I had to make a decision about was I going to carry on trying to make Pinterest work for me or move to another platform? I decided, no, I've really tried for a year. I think part of being online and having a business online is sometimes knowing when to move on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at that point, I Honestly, thought, no. it's a skill, you know, yeah. when, I don't want to use the word flogging dead horse, but we only have so much energy to go round. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And time and, you know, there's only so much I could do. So at that point, I thought I need to try something else. And at that point for me, Instagram had been a, a sideline, had been an afterthought, really. I spent a lot of time previously thinking, oh, People like these pretty pictures and it's not really working for me and I don't understand and this algorithm hates me and all of those kind of slightly negative thoughts. And in December, I thought Pinterest isn't working. I need to work out what is working for people. So I looked at TikTok and Instagram and I spent a lot of time scrolling I mean, easily I do that done. anyway. <laughs> Especially on TikTok. I just asked a friend who's gone oh, on to TikTok. So addictive. I was like, how's TikTok going? And she's like, well, I'm watching a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. But for me, that tells me something. If if you and I, um, in our demographic, are so invested in it and, and can't stop scrolling, it, you've got to think that the majority of the population at some point are going to be. So for me, that feels like a good proposition to invest my energy into. There are more people watching than creating. So therefore, you've got this audience there, whereas you can feel on Instagram like everybody's creating. And who, so who's watching? You know, so yeah, there's a that's a bal- very good point. Different balance on TikTok right now. I think that's where the opportunity is. Anyway. So in December, I sat down and thought I need to try. I hate the word strategy when it comes to this because it doesn't sound... Uh, it sounds too contrived, really, for what I do. <laughs> I never think of myself as the sort of person who has strategy. <laughs> like a board with those little soldiers on. <laughs> yeah. So I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I accepted that it wouldn't make me any money initially, either of those platforms. But I took a view that I had to invest at some point in trying to make those platforms grow. And I had to to throw my energy at it, try my best, and then if it didn't work, move on. 
because I think that's part of running a business and part of investing. Um, and I, I think we miss that sometimes because it's about our time. But it is an investment of time. I wasn't getting paid. I'm still not really getting paid for either of those platforms. They are driving some traffic. But so I thought I'm going to give it a, uh, a try. I made a, what felt like a huge lofty goal for myself that I wanted to have 100,000 followers on Instagram and 100,000 on TikTok by the end of 2022. And I I was at 20,000 on TikTok and about 60,000 on Instagram. Bearing in mind with Instagram, I had been doing it since 2013 as well. So clearly that trajectory of growth <laughs> needed to change significantly main mental shift that I had about both of those platforms primarily Instagram and TikTok followed on was I changed my mindset from thinking I want to grow or I want to put this content out or I want people to click through or I want to make these videos and instead I totally flipped it on its head and I just decided to at the heart of everything I do think about how I can be more helpful and it's a real mindset change because it makes me no money <laughs> but it's a leap of faith to a long-term growth so I asked the first thing I did was ask those questions I asked my audience that I had at that point what are your struggles day to day with food how could I help with these struggles um, what are the barriers to you fixing these struggles um, what format would you like me to give you this help in? Do you like videos? Do you like blog posts? I asked loads of questions and um, it's it's an interesting thing. People really like to tell you what they want, which is great. Oh, and we're almost on permanent standby to tell people more about what we want and need. Like, you know, if you ever want to throw a question out into your Instagram audience or whatever, you, you know, you will get some really genuinely, I've had people who'll be like, yeah, I'll, do you want to have a phone call about it? You know, they'll, they'll sit and chat to you for ages about And I think it's underutilised. Yeah, I think totally underutilised. It's quite a British thing, isn't it? To be slightly polite and not talk too much about what we're looking for. Uh, that's all, that's, that is true. But actually, I think it has more to do with what you just said before that. It has more to do with people not focusing on how they can help and not taking the time to ask because in some cases they've decided what they want to put out there and then get frustrated that it's not working but did did you check anybody wanted it before you started sharing it um I think it's got more to do with that and all of those questions and the answers to all of those questions Sarah how did that lead you to design a new content strategy it, it allowed me to really sit down and think about what I was providing that was useful to people. And for me, that was answering that question. What are we having for dinner tonight? What's for dinner? And we all ask it every single day. And so it's a pinch point for all of us. I mean, unless we're going out for dinner or having a takeaway or something. But the vast majority of our year is spent asking that question. So that gave me a space that I knew I could fill because we we all have that question it concentrated my mind on everything I make so whilst I say yes there might be the odd cake and nice things around the edge I try and think to myself am I answering that question am I being helpful am I making people's lives a little bit easier this week to reiterate again that was a huge leap of faith 
because my money was made from my views on my blog. So historically, I would have shown a picture and said, click through to get this recipe. But I'm asking someone to do something for me at that point. Yeah, absolutely. As opposed to me offering something and being helpful. And Instagram is not a great place to drive people to click onto your website. It's just not a platform that is set up. It doesn't really want people to click away. Um, are you or are you finding the opposite? Are you finding that you are able to drive more traffic? I think you're right on a practical level. Instagram isn't designed. But why would it be? Because Instagram wants to keep people on its platform. But I am finding now through a surge of growth over the last 90 days that it has increased my traffic because it's just generally increased my profile. And you just are you telling people about your website in different and creative ways? Are you inviting them to join your mailing list? How are you or is it just sort of happening that people are looking you up and seeing what other recipes might be there? I felt like I should have this push towards growing Instagram. So I started, for example, putting recipes in my captions so people weren't even clicking through because as I say I made this plan that I would throw everything at this with a view to growing and the understanding that I wouldn't make any money out of that and it was a long-term view for growth however a couple of weeks ago I asked people this question because again I keep asking the questions and they said no no we really want the recipes on the blog we really want to be able to click through it and then After that, I had lots of questions and on stories, I chatted a little bit about the fact that actually the way I get paid is through people clicking on my blog. And honestly, the responses were just so heartwarming and lovely. People were saying, I didn't know this and we're so grateful for this content and you've changed my dinner times and I'm always going to click through now because I know it makes you half a penny or something. And I I actually was quite moved by that because I just thought it's um, a show of community and a show of a really positive feeling around your content. Most people, there comes a point where they don't feel comfortable with taking for free anymore. And they want to be able to balance up that relationship. And if all it takes for them to do is to click through to your website to balance it up a little bit, then gosh, you know, why not? I mean, women are conditioned to not talk about money too much. Oh, I'm trying to get over that in a big way. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. And that's specifically why I made the point of talking about it. Because actually, I feel really proud of what I've made, that I've made this thing that doesn't cost anyone else any money. They get free recipes and free content, which I like to think is very high quality and very useful. The recipes are amazing. If you go and have a look at either Sarah's blog, which I will link to in the show notes, or her Instagram or her TikTok, um, they are yummy looking recipes for dinner. Like what have you shared in the past week or so? This comes on to my next point about content. I think you do have to um, know when to pivot your content slightly as well. So I did a, I've always shared meal plans on Instagram stories. So I would share, here's some suggestions for the coming week. And I would try and make them varied, one vegetarian, one fish recipe, yeah, not too many potatoes, you know, just a bit of variety. And I would spend quite a lot of time thinking about those and people would click through to the blog. But in my new regime of being as helpful as possible, not asking people to do things, I thought, how can I make this more useful? This was a, a trial for me. I made a video of a reel of five recipes through, a, so it would be like a, a weekly meal plan. And then, so I showed that on the Sunday night. And then on each day of the week, I showed the reel for the specific recipe from that day. So for me, actually, that was a really good way of creating content because I could I had a very specific plan. Sometimes I think the 
thought process around content is harder than the doing. So it meant that I had a week ready in advance, really good quality content. But again, that content was making me no money because all the recipes were on Instagram. However, what happened was people responded hugely to that. Um, actually, that video also I'd repurposed for TikTok. And that ha- within two days, that had something like 1.3 million views on TikTok. How are you going towards that follower target on TikTok, by the way? Uh, I went from 20,000 to 77 this morning. Oh, my so, God, you're easy. You're going to smash yeah. through both <laughs> of those by the end of the year. Absolutely smash through. So I know that that works. So I'm doing another one next week. Great. Um, But what has happened because of that, so I put that content out, that video, as a leap of faith just to do something genuinely useful. And then what happens is people say, but I want the recipes. I want this on the blog. So they want to be able to click through to that, which in turn uh, means I'm monetizing it. And then I know you mentioned the email signups as well. I also thought, how can I give people, people wanted a shopping list so that they can cook along with the meal plans. And I can just see how that is a really useful thing in our lives. So I thought, how how can I best deliver this? And also, I also wanted to reward those people that are being really loyal. So I said, if you sign up to my um, mailing list, I will send out on the Friday before a shopping list so you can buy the shopping shop along, save money for the week ahead. And then at the end of the week, I'll put it on the blog for everybody to see. So people are kind of being rewarded for their loyalty of following along and getting something genuinely useful. Um, And if I'm organised enough, I'll make it printable as well. so, (laughs) So people can print it off. I can't help but think that there must be other income streams in this era like a subscription service or I don't know do you know what I went onto your website and I saw the section that said main courses and I thought oh she does courses then (laughs) (laughs) but no it's a you are clearly a marketeer yeah it's main courses but I'm missing a trick (laughs) it seems like there must be other income streams here influencer marketing obviously having a big audience but other ways that you can make all this work pay you you must you must be thinking about them 100% and they're in the back of my head but I'm still I still feel very committed to this idea of reaching a certain level by being as helpful as possible and taking that as a leap of faith to grow before I think about the next step because I, I just feel it's for me I'm not saying this is right for everybody it's been really important to grow a loyal following who where I genuinely not to be you know too deep and meaningful but I genuinely feel like I can make a difference to people's lives and I just think that's incredibly powerful um and I yeah I just I feel like I want to secure that not and and actually from a selfish point of view (laughs) what I get back from that is I get to hone any offerings I have based on what these people are telling me what my audience who are just so incredibly helpful and engaged and also just really lovely people (laughs) this period that you're in is product development as well this this, this period of like deep understanding and knowledge of your audience Um, while you have got an income stream you may not be absolutely rinsing it as yet and it sounds to me like you would never be wanting to do that anyway because I don't know I mean income is obviously one part of, of why we do what we do but equally 
it, it drives and feeds your soul if you want to talk about food in that it's way. very gratifying to do something meaningful yeah it is and I think as I've got older I've realized that more and more that feels like the real luxury doesn't it be able to do that thing that people bandy around do something that you love and it's you know it's like so easy to say that when you may not have a much choice over what you do but if you really can that's that's true that's a true luxury I think the other the other thing that I try and live by which feels very good <laughs> um and also has served me very well in this purpose is the concept of 1% infinity that if I just get a little bit better every day whether it's making a reel or answering questions or whatever I'm doing if I just get a tiny bit better every day who knows where it could end up and that feels like a very good thing at the end of the day when I sit down and scroll through TikTok <laughs> to, think, to think what did I do in my job today that made me get a little bit better and I might think oh you know I replied to more messages than I expected it's not always about more but just sometimes doing something that's good or yeah I, I think that's a good concept to live by in content creation particularly. Do you get any help with any of it or do you do it all yourself? I have a friend called Anna who works for me two days a week so Anna comes and <laughs> we are best friends actually so it's amazing that we work really well together uh, but she comes and helps me with the filming because that it is quite full-on to try and cram into one or two days and Anna is also my community manager on Facebook because with all this new content I've been creating since December I've had the added benefit of reigniting my Facebook page which has been very interesting it's interesting to see how communities are different on each platform I mean that's another podcast (laughs) it's really interesting it's just it's just really interesting to see um, how communities behave and react to each other and to content differently on different platforms um really practical filming question a lot of your um reels you make um overhead shooting down onto the food um in flat lay style you might describe it as how do you do that do you have a special fancy tripod thing or a- i would love to tell you the answer to that was yes but the answer is no i well i have a few they i have tripods that clip on the side of a work surface and I have some uh, stand I'll send you some links if you wanted to share yeah them. yeah that I think I think people would love that thank you a middle of the road one is fine you can get really cheap ones and you can get really expensive ones but those are fine I'm actually filming on my phone at the moment and this is an also another podcast for another day but I've spent a lot of time learning about how to change my content so in the past I was recording all on camera. I thought it had to be really high quality, really clean, really um, professional looking. And I've worked out over the last three months, that's actually not what people want. They want you to be accessible. They want to feel like it's really coming out of your real kitchen and you might be then really eating that food, you know? And yeah, I often think people want to feel like they're on FaceTime with someone, that kind of like really organic stuff. And I know, I'm still learning. I'm not there yet with, I don't think my, my content's as good as it could be. And I'm going to keep going, obviously 1% infinity. So I've gone from filming on my big camera on a um, SLR camera and stuff to, to filming on my phone. And it's such a change. And that was also another leap of faith. But I think that if you were just starting out and creating content, I think that's a really, really good thing to think about as in, it shouldn't be a barrier to you creating content it's no nothing should more, be yeah. you never have to wait until I've got a better phone or I've got a tripod or I've got the website or I've got whatever because actually that is not what will make it work what will make it work is your piece about forgetting I and thinking about you 
Yeah. And even three months ago, I would have said, well, the one barrier should be good lighting. You should always have good lighting. That's what we need. But I look on TikTok and I think there's some videos perform with terrible lighting and, you know, just bloody post it. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> TikTok's scrappy. I think, you know, I think the scrappiness of TikTok is is a lot is a lot about why it works there's that you know it's just like get it done get it out there don't look like you care too much you know I am continually fascinated by it and I certainly haven't nailed it yet do you pretty much share the same kind of reels content on TikTok or do you actually change it at all I do and in part that's a conscious decision because I think a lot of well, they do. A lot of trends come from TikTok to Instagram. So I'm almost trying to film for TikTok um, and then following it through. So I listen to what people say on Instagram then I film it ever so slightly more stylized for TikTok um, because I think it follows on from that later. It's really interesting about the, the style of video and how it changes. I, I think just as a creator, if you can keep watching what other people are doing and what's working and be inspired by a breadth of different creators and think about what they do that's different and makes them stand out. And also think about what stops you scrolling. It takes quite a lot for me to stop scrolling these days because we've all got such a short attention span. No, there's a lot of content out there, but not not so much of it's great, to be honest. So if you can work harder at doing better and connecting better, people will stop. That's another thing I've had to come to terms with as well, though. Some videos just won't do very well. And that is okay. And the other thing that happens is the more content you're producing, it kind of gets diluted. So it it matters less to you. So just to put less pressure on yourself to make every one the best one, because it's a learning curve, isn't it? And that's my 1% for that day. Well, I learned that people don't want to see my face with no makeup on or they do want to see my, you know, it's those things that you just learn from those videos. Yeah. And I, I think there's an awful lot that's inspired me from this conversation, Sarah. Thank you so much for coming on the program. But one of the things that I hope people would take away is that, you know, it's a long game. And just because maybe a platform hasn't been working for you all that well up to now, it doesn't mean that you cannot focus on it turn things around, do things differently, refine your message, understand your audience better, even when you've been doing it for nearly 10 years. Yeah, that's so true. Thank you so much. I hope you'll come on again. I'd love to. I will invite Sarah back to talk about different platforms and all the many other things she's learnt in her years of content creating. This chat was so full of just bloody post-it goodness. I'm inspired to take down some barriers and make more leaps of faith in my work. I hope you are too. Share this episode with friends. We can all think bigger together and subscribe where you get your podcasts so you don't miss the next one. Thank you always for listening. Back soon. Bye. Thank you.